Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today is a life coach, podcaster, and social media influencer. My guest today is London Souza. How did your fitness passion sort of come to you? Uh, my fitness passion came, um, you know, I've always, I grew up in a very, let's say, active family. My parents are very active. My dad was a, a coach. My parents actually met in um, aerobics class. My mom was the instructor and my dad was the, you know, the, the guy in her aerobics class. And yeah. I grew up in a really active family, played sports and things like that. Um, but it really uh, took a turn for me when I was in college. I started, um, yeah, kind of a new life, as sometimes we do. I'd never been out of my parents' house before. I just kind of, um, you know, you know, moved out, was going to school, and just started dealing with, like, regular adulting life stressors of, you know, managing your house and school and time and all these different things. Yeah. And so I really found a passion for fitness just by, you know, going out for a run, doing a workout, and enjoying the way that it made me feel um, emotionally. And then Mm -hmm. from there, I started to see some physical changes in my body as I was kind of coming into, let's say, like my early 20s and Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, just kind of the transition of like a teen body into uh, a young adult body. And so... I just started to feel really good in my skin and started to feel a lot of the, which I love the most now, a lot of the benefits when it comes to my mental health and stress management and things like that. And so I just really, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that process. I really enjoyed what it did for me. And I'm just kind of the type of person, which I think maybe not everybody's this way, but it's like if something's working for me and I like something, I want to tell others about it. Yeah. You know, kind of bring in my friends. And, and, and some of my classmates and then some of my professors in, in, in university were like working out with me and we were doing stuff too. And yeah. so it just came from like, hey, this is a, you know, I'm used to being physically active and whatever, but then I realized the role that that tool could play, mm-hmm. not only in like my physical well-being, but my emotional well-being. And then it just became something fun that I could do with my classmates and, and friends and things like that. And then I just realized like, oh, I really love this and I really love teaching it. Yeah. And um, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Was there a time in your life when you realized you could actually like, be like, hey, I can get paid for doing pretty much everything that I love? Yeah, I think that that continues to, I continue to see that even now. It's like there's so many possibilities um, to make a living doing what you love. But I remember um, being in the gym with a close friend of mine who was a personal trainer at the time and um, just kind of being kind of her client and then realizing like, oh, you know, this could be a job and I really enjoy doing this and what she's doing for me, I'm then passing on to other people. And so um, I went in and got my certifications in personal training and started and doing that there. And it was really cool because at the time that, um, and to your point of like, oh, you know, I can make a living doing this. Mm-hmm. When I graduated college, that was kind of around the time when people were graduating college and there wasn't any jobs and people were really struggling with getting a job, you know, mm-hmm. lots of student loans and debt and things like that. Yeah. And I remember finishing college and starting personal training probably a year and a half before I actually completed um, my degree, which was in psychology. Um, But I remember being so grateful and being like, oh my gosh, not only is this a time where, um, you know, I'm doing what I love, 
but it's also a time where a lot of my friends are finishing college too and they're not able to find jobs or they're doing something that they don't like and they mm-hmm. don't enjoy and so for me that was really awesome to be like oh I love this and I can get paid for doing it and you know it's also at a time where you know not a lot of people and I guess even now not a lot of people are fortunate enough or let's say have chosen the path to really do what they love mm-hmm. um, so that was a really exciting moment for me to be like oh cool you know I can do what I love and make some little coins while I'm at it, it yeah what do you love most about sharing your passions with people? Ah, oh, such a great question. I think that sharing your passion and sharing your purpose, I feel like is is why we're here on this earth. Is mm-hmm. We have like this, these unique gifts that we get to share with the world. And so, um, and, I, and I love being able to do that because like I said, you know, there's some people who don't do what they love and I love being able to do what I love. And I love that my passion is also synonymous like with my purpose and Mm -hmm. it's also synonymous with my career and my job and how I make a living and so I just feel like every day I wake up you know super feeling so grateful and so blessed to be able to do what I love and to be able to call my passion my purpose and my career. Mm -hmm. When did you decide to begin Life Like London? Okay so I decided to start life like London. Um, so when I graduated college, I got a job with a, a mobile personal training company before I ended up starting my own business. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I started working for a mobile personal training company and I just quickly learned like, yeah, you know, what he's doing is not different than what I could be doing on my own. Mm-hmm. And he's taking us like, I could do math, you know, he's yeah. cut up a chunk of the change here and I just I really felt like in my heart and in my being I'm like I want to do this on my own I want to be my own boss um I don't want to work for someone else I don't want to have to ask someone else for for days off or different things Mm -hmm. so one thing kind of led to another and eventually after working for him for about a year um I decided to part ways and I remember being like what am I going to call it? You know, what is it going to be? And so um, I just really, it was one of the first or maybe I would say first or second names that came to me was just because people were always asking me like, well, what workouts are you doing? And what are you eating? And what's your routine and your habits? And how are you, you know, so energized and positive or just kind of motivated and whatever. And so um, and so, yeah, I started Life Like London just to share, like, what I was doing. Hey, these are the workouts I'm doing. This is the workouts I'm eating and whatever. Yeah. But never with the intention of saying, like, oh, you know, you have to do it the same as me. It's just kind of like life like blank. And, like, Jamie, you could enter your name in there. It's mm-hmm. like this is, you know, what I've learned from London in order to make my life and, you know, choose my name. Yeah. For me, so it's more just kind of like leading by example, which I think is the best way with fitness, anyway. Yeah. Instead of being like, you should do this, and this is why you're this, and this is why you can't. Oh yeah. Kind of like, hey, this is how I live, and this is what I do, and if this inspires you, and this makes you, you know, changes one person's life or makes one person, you know, choose uh, choose a better, more healthier decision as opposed to another, then that was really kind of like my my initial reasoning for starting it's like I just want to share what I'm doing in hopes that it'll inspire someone else to make a healthier difference in their life I love that has podcasting something you always wanted to do Yes and no. I mean, it wasn't always something that was like, I mean, like, I don't know exactly when the 
starting of podcasting began, but it wasn't something that was always available to me mm-hmm. um, until it was, right? And then I started really listening to podcasts. Um, uh, I worked for a company called Rentastic for eight years in Europe where I was on, you know, on, on camera in every, any sense of the word. So yeah. talking and sharing, you know, having conversations with people, sharing, you know, struggles mm-hmm. and things that work for me and just using like my communication skills and speaking has always been something that I love. Yeah. And so as I started consuming more and more podcasts, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I would love to do that. And then, I mean, I guess, you know, too, it's like really not that hard to start it's a It's not at all. I, it's, it's surprisingly easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple right I would say maybe it's not easy to you know grow and expand and do all of this but it's like simple it's like I know a lot of people who start you know just recording their podcast you know off the voice notes on their phone in their car like it's it was super easy so as soon as I was like oh wait I like googled you know how do you start a podcast it was like the top 10 steps on how to do it and I read through and I'm like okay cool what do I need a title or this or this or this and um so yeah I would say I always knew that I love to communicate I love to use my voice to um yeah to to give information and provide it and then just knowing that you know podcasts are really growing it would be a great way to you know uh grow that ripple effect mm-hmm. of of my message I was like oh this is fun it's too easy not to do and I just freaking love it I mean I guess you love it too because you're still doing it but it's like it's so fun and the conversations you get to have with people and also the conversations you get to have with yourself I know I do some solo episodes some interviews too and it's Mm -hmm. been really healing and a good process to just kind of like talk things out as I'm sharing them so I really really enjoy it yeah it's so much fun and like you can say whatever you want and no one cares like yeah I know you don't really have to I mean you have to watch what you say but you don't have to watch what you say because on podcasts you can swear and say whatever the hell you want no one can and like you know what I mean yeah it's kind of like your own personal stage it's different than you know doing I don't know I don't being on tv or just doing other things where maybe there's like different parameters mm-hmm. I, I hear you what you're saying when you're just kind of like it's kind of like a free-for-all it's kind of like your own personal playground yeah. like however you choose to communicate and whatever you want to put out there you really can. And I would say also take that really seriously too, because it's like, you know, we want to, I at least want to deliver kind of my package, my purpose in mm-hmm. a way that I'm proud of, but I can definitely say, yeah, sometimes you go back to previous episodes and I'm like, huh, probably would have said it differently. Or maybe I would have, you know, not used that word choice or whatever, but I think it's just such a, yeah, a great space to be able to share your message and to, like you said, just kind of play outside the rules, outside the boundaries yeah. and kind of bring whatever vibe you want to bring to your platform. Yeah. What is something that has surprised you along the course of your fitness journey so far? Um, okay, so something that surprised me and was like a big aha moment for me, and then I continue to see this with the clients that I work with, is that um, we oftentimes really, really try to fix the inside by working on the outside. And I raise my hand when I say that, too, is just like, it's really surprising how much we can think that and you know society tells us media whatever lose this this way you know Mm -hmm. Um, I think what was the most surprising and helpful in my life is realizing like hey like working out is just a tool of many that you can utilize and your best self and live your best life and I think I was definitely not I think I know I was down that like one rabbit hole where it's like working out should fix my you know if I'm stressed if I want to look a certain way if I want to feel a certain way if I want to be a certain way it's like 
basically like using a hammer to build a table, a chair, and everything. It's like yeah. that's one tool. And it's like, it's not really the most efficient. And over time, you know, you can't just keep working out all the time and expect that everything can be like fixed there. So I think that was the biggest kind of aha moment for me was when I realized like, okay, this is a really powerful tool when used effectively and responsibly and in a way that works um, and not like a means to an end where it's like you have to do it or you're a failure or something like that. And I think there's a lot of people who get kind of tunnel visioned and blindsided thinking like, okay, that's my only tool or even just fitness and just nutrition. And it's like, there's so many other tools that we can use. And so I think that was a really big kind of surprising moment for me. And then also when I work with my clients, they're kind of like, oh, whoa, you know, that was the biggest thing that changed. I thought I was coming to you for, you know, workouts and this and this, but realize, you know, they realize I'm coming for more of that perspective and it takes some of those blinders off and to see some more opportunities than just working out. What do you love most about blogging? Oh, I love writing. Um, that's where I started was writing. And that's actually what kind of catapulted my career was writing for a small newspaper in my hometown ah. and having, you know, a lot of opportunities open up from a really small thing. So I think what I just love about writing is that uh, you can really do it anywhere. Um, it's really kind of like free flow. Um, you know, I feel like I could say I could talk forever, but the truth is I can. And after sometimes I'm doing a lot of podcast interviews and client calls and whatever, I'm kind of like, oh, I need to be a little, you know, kind of silent. Yeah. Um, I just love, uh, I love the fingers to the keyboard. Uh, I, ever since I can remember, I just kind of wake up in the morning and you just kind of, it's very meditative for me. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, I think writing or let's say you asked about blogging, but I think I really just enjoy writing in all senses of the word, whether it's writing a letter to a friend or um journaling you know and writing and getting out some of my feelings and yeah I just love consuming you know blogs I think there's so many amazing ones out there that really have helped me whether it's you know get motivated find different routines shift my perspective a little bit and so I think what I love a lot about blogging is that it's kind of a mixture of a letter to a friend like I mentioned a journal and then also kind of providing value with kind of your own unique twist on it and yeah yeah so, um, and yeah, you can really do it like, you know, it's a lot easier than you think too, just like, you know, podcasting. Is yeah. Not everybody likes to write, but you know, I really, really enjoy writing and that's really how I got started was just sharing my little article in the newspaper on some tips, you know, every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and so now for me, um, blogging is kind of an extension of that passion for writing that I've always had. Yeah. It's like the thing about blogging is that there's no like specific like style. So you can like mm-hmm. write how you talk and you, and add that sort of personality to it whereas if you're writing for a newspaper you really can't you have more opportunities mm-hmm. to express yourself through a blog than you do through like a new like a traditional like newspaper or news outlet yeah yeah and I agree to that too I think a lot of the way that I blog or write is very much how I would talk or how I would share that information with a friend and so yeah it does kind of allow you to just get a little bit more personal yeah um, with your communication style absolutely how has both blogging and podcasting help you help? How has it helped you with your career? Oh, I can talk to that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, so I think I just believe that I, I, I love creating content. So I think it's helped me with my career because it's allowed me kind of two pawns to throw rocks in to kind of mm-hmm. create that ripple effect. Um, and also, I just think as a, a coach, you know, blogging and writing and podcasting is a great way to like, 
figure out my ideas or not even ideas, but ways I want to um, communicate and teach. And so I think it's just kind of a, a very helpful medium to help me kind of sort out what's going on in my head. It's like oftentimes I'll talk things out even before a podcast or on a podcast or as I'm brainstorming for a blog post. It's like, how do I want to say this? How can I put this in a framework that's helpful for people to understand? How can I put yeah. this in a way where it's like anyone who's listening can kind of grasp what I want to say? So I think it's also helped in my coaching techniques and the ways that I mm-hmm. communicate and coach and share um, is using kind of those those um, two types of content mm-hmm. um, because you know people are listening and yeah you can go off on tangents like you said sometimes we'll go off on tangents when we're talking about things but mm-hmm. I think blogging and podcasts has really helped me kind of bring a lot of those ideas and a lot of um, the, the wisdom and knowledge and stuff that I have kind of full circle yeah I was like, just going to okay, say like full circle this, yeah, here is kind of a framework to help you understand motivation. Here are some key points to help you, you know, never start over again. Mm-hmm. Here's some, you know, and it's cool because it all kind of crosses over too. So, I mean, I don't know who's really listening, but, you know, sometimes as content creation, we sometimes can get overwhelmed or things like that. Well, mm-hmm. it's like I'll sometimes write a blog and then I'll do a podcast like on that same topic and kind of elaborate a little bit more. I mean, yeah. some more stories and things like that. So I think it's, it's helped my career because it's more avenues for people to find me and to find that message and to mm-hmm. hopefully have a shift in their perspective and change their life but then it's also um just a way to yeah to kind of utilize um more coaching techniques in different places yeah know? which subcategory on your blog is your personal favorite okay i'm gonna say the mindset stuff um and i say that because it's the stuff I didn't know I needed until I found out I needed it. And yeah, I know that for feeling. a lot of my clients, too. It's like no one comes to me and is like, London, I need mindset work. You know, it's like, that's not, and that's not, mm-hmm. you know, but it's always the stuff that people say made the biggest impact. They're like, oh, that shifts in perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, learning that about, you know, how I could switch my thoughts or how I can better set myself up for X, Y, or Z. Like, yeah. that's what made the difference. You know, Mm -hmm. when in that pillar of mindset, you know, I do a lot of work on, you know, habits and routines, core values. How do you want to show up in the world? And then how is working out and a lot of that going to be a piece of the puzzle to present to the world, you Mm -hmm. know? And so it's it's my favorite because it's like the secret weapon that people just didn't know that they needed until they get it. And then it's like, once they do, it's like, that's all they want now. Now they're like, okay, you know, I can figure out how to Mm -hmm. put together my workouts. I got no problem moving. I can be consistent, but like that type of work is is really helpful and it's helped me the most you know navigate some tricky situations and I share a lot on my podcast about moving abroad going through breakups all those different types of things Mm -hmm. and so it's nice to be able to have working out and nutrition and all of that as tools but I really feel like the mindset work and our ability to understand that our reality is malleable and we can change the way that we think and live um, is really kind of that aha moment and it's what I enjoy talking about the most it's what I enjoy coaching on the most and then thankfully once my clients come in and realize like oh it's not just you know workouts and nutrition it's the most fun part for them too they come in being like I want to work on this I noticed this thought pattern or I'm telling myself this how can we switch it and shift it yeah and so I feel like it's the most fun and my most favorite topic to talk and write and teach about so I'm in college so I was wondering and a lot of people that I know who listen are in college and Mm -hmm. I was wondering what advice would you give to college students about self-care 
Mm, I love that. And that's actually where I started my journey, as I mentioned, was as a college student just trying to figure things out. Um, I think that what's most important, I mean, when you're a college student and, you know, being in school, yeah, you're going to have, you know, long nights of studying and staying up late. It's, I think it's very unrealistic looking at myself as a college student to be like, you know, prioritize sleep and all these different mm-hmm. things because it's like your go mode. You want to get your degree, you're ready to, you know, show up and whatever. But I think that, um, you know, just understanding that we can find pockets for self-care, no matter what our schedule is, is really important. Um, to also understand it doesn't mean that it needs to be, you know, because also in college, you're on a budget too. It's like, I could say like, go and get an hour and a half massage every so often. But like that's cost money, that's yeah. expensive, that's time, you know, and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But just understanding that self-care is important. You can find pockets of like five or 10 minutes to, to love on yourself um, and to like even your physical body, but also mindset and stuff, what as mindset as well. Yeah. And, you know, self-care and self-love comes in a lot of different forms. And so I often just say like, whatever's going to make you go, ah. Like, I love that. that. Yeah, I love you know? that. And for some people that's like hanging out with their pets, you know, for mm-hmm. some, for me, it's a, self-care is very much like self-care. I love sitting in the bath with like a face mask on and mm-hmm. that really makes me feel, ah. Because I think that in college we can very much be uptight and on deadlines yep. and, you know, crunch time. Welcome to my life. And that, right? Exactly. I so remember that. And I also like, so applaud that version of myself and you guys too going out there and doing it because it's like, I look back now and I'm like, I don't know how I did. I went to school full time, worked full time. Like, I don't even, you know, I think if we can really just say like, what makes me, and if I can just squeeze like even three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes of that as often as I can regularly, Mm -hmm. that's going to be so important because those are things that they don't teach in school, right? You don't learn how to take care of yourself and manage your routines and habits and all of that type of thing when you're in school. I mean, maybe there's classes on it now. I don't really know, but I certainly wasn't learning that. And Mm -hmm. so I think just remembering that it's super important and whether you learn it now like, if you don't learn it now, you're going to eventually learn it later. You know, I, if you're listening and you're a college student, like, I have clients that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that are sometimes having these aha moments of, oh, my gosh, I need to take care of myself. I need to fill up my cup first yeah. before I'm able to give to others. So I would say if anyone's listening and in college, which, as you mentioned, they are, sooner rather than later, right? Because you're going to get to a point where your your body's going to tell you, your your emotions are going to tell you, like, hey, I need more time for me. And, you know, the more, when we love ourselves first, when we take care of ourselves first, when we fill up our cup first, all those things that maybe we've heard before, we really can give our gifts better to others. We can really show up better for, yeah. for all the things that we want to show up for. And so I definitely don't think that self-care is a, you know, when you have time thing. It's like, it's important. It's just as important as the workout. I always say that the recovery is just as important as the workout. The work-ins are just as important as the workout. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's the, you know, whatever makes you feel that uh, relaxed feeling is, is so awesome. And it's going to be unique to everybody. So, you know, it doesn't need to be the same for you, Jamie, as it is for me, as it is for somebody else listening, yeah. but just understanding that we have to find those, those times, those pockets. Uh, for self-care if not mm-hmm. if we don't listen to those whispers of our body being like hey i need a little love i need a little you know we're gonna be met with like our body like you know being like go on the bed and lay down and sleep right now 
Exactly. Burnout, extreme fatigue, and a lot of yep. those things when we're younger, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but I'll just speak from experience. I'm in my 30s. I work with people of all ages. Eventually, it gets to you unless yeah. you take the time for it. It will hunt you down if you don't. Like oh, said, yeah. Like banging at your door. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> conversate the- that's literally what my conversations with my therapist sound like. <laughs> I love that. When or where have been some of the, your favorite places that you've gotten to travel to? Oh, gosh. I love that question because I feel so blessed and so fortunate to have been able to travel all over the globe, um, teaching workouts, um, you know, doing retreats. Mm-hmm. So I would say, okay, if I had to pick some faves, um, I love Costa Rica. I just got to revisit there again. Costa Rica is probably one of the most magical lands I've ever been to. I've had the best realizations and times for me in Costa Rica. Love it there. Um, Budapest in Hungary is amazing. Um, Fun fact about me, I love escape rooms. I don't know if you know what escape rooms are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I love escape rooms. So when I was living in Austria, I lived in Europe for seven years. I had a group of friends. We were six that had an escape room team, and we would do escape rooms all over. That's so cool. one time we went to Budapest, and we did like nine escape rooms over the course of a weekend. It was like a blast. And Budapest is amazing because you get the mixture of culture, of history. Yeah. It's it's such a beautiful, the architecture is just out of this world mm-hmm. and then um sardinia sardinia italy is a little mm-hmm. island off the coast of italy that i had the pleasure of staying for a month actually when i was getting ready to create my podcast i was mm-hmm. like i want to go somewhere and just brainstorm and get all the stuff done for my podcast so that's what i did and then i met two amazing women there that have a tour guide company and i found them on like airbnb experiences they were like oh yeah we do tours oh that's cool yeah so I signed up for their tours, and they've become my close friends. One of them is my client uh, now, and I got to go on a lot of tours with them while I was there and just kind of experience the culture. So yeah. I know you said one of my favorite places, but I think I choose Costa Rica, Budapest, and Sardinia, Italy. And actually, all of Italy is pretty amazing, but I'm biased Good to that food. particular island. Such good food. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was using their olive oil as lotion. Like, at night, I would just pour the olive oil on me, and I'm like, amazing. this so good. It's so hydrating. <laughs> But um, those, yeah, I'd say um, three amazing places. And like I said, I feel very blessed to have been able to travel to a lot of a lot of different places. You know, I think it's so cool because in college too, I remember thinking, I want a job that allows me to travel. I want to travel. Yeah. And um, and so, and I think a lot of the biggest lessons I learned about myself and about others is just by spending time in different cultures, you mm-hmm. know, and often, you know, and the great thing about living in America is like, you don't have to go to a different country in order to experience different cultures. Right. It's all living. there. It's all here. It's all here. So I'm not saying that you don't get that experience if you don't travel, but I would say, you know, a lot of, for a lot of those younger ears or let's say younger than me listening, like mm-hmm. go out and put yourself in situations where you are experiencing different family life than you had, different culture, different food, different ways of living, like mm-hmm. anything that's different to the way that you're used to doing it. That is so valuable. And those experiences, no one can ever take away from you. Yeah. What were some of your favorite TV shows from your childhood? Favorite TV shows from my childhood. Okay, childhood. Or like, yeah, like, um, or like, mid, like elementary school, middle school. Okay, I gotta think if I can remember. Okay, so we for sure. <laughs> 
Okay, Saved by the Bell was like a huge one. I don't know if you remember Saved by the Bell. I know what it is. Like, Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkley, yeah. Yes, yes. So we would like run home from school and then we'd want to be, we always wanted to be Kelly. She was uh, Zach's girlfriend on the show. So I remember all of our friends, we'd stand around and whoever said I'm her first got to be her for the episode, which is like so funny that we do that. So uh-huh. Saved by the Bell, I remember, was like one of my favorites. Um, and you know what's funny is that I remember in like being younger, like I loved cooking shows. So there was a show on the Discovery Channel called Great Chefs, and then there was Great Chefs of the World. And I remember like being sick and staying home from school some days and then binge watching cooking shows. Like they were, I loved it. And it's like, I love to cook, but not in a gourmet way where the plate's this big. Right, right, right. And there's like, you know, I'm like, I want it all in one bowl. But I just, something about that was super relaxing. And I remember watching those shows and just like watching them, you know, it's kind of like art. And I just Mm -hmm. remember that being super relaxing. So definitely cooking shows are some of my favorites. And then, you know what? I'm such a game show junkie, even now. Oh, me too. I love Wheel of Fortune and I love Jeopardy. Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, like all of those. I definitely watched uh, as a kid too. And even now, like I just, I'm, I'm obsessed with Family Feud. It's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Ever. Um, so that's what I would probably, that's what I can remember. I, mean, I haven't gotten asked that question, I don't think ever. So I was trying to think in my head um, what I used to watch. Like it. Those were the top ones. Are you a big fan of talk shows? Um, so to be honest, um, I don't really watch hardly any TV now. Um, as a kid, I remember watching like Oprah and like Ricky Lake, Jenny Jones, Sally Jesse Raphael. I don't know if any of that makes sense. Oprah and Ricky Lake, yes. The other two, no. Yeah, so I remember my mom would watch a lot of talk shows. So I just kind of remember. But now, you know, at least my version or what my internal representation of talk shows are now is like, you know, just kind of a lot of drama and a lot of stuff going on. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say like I'm not a fan of those, but you know, I think podcasts, especially like the long form podcast content that you get to watch on YouTube now. So I think of like the School of Greatness um, or like the Joe Rogan podcast. To me, that's kind of like a talk show. Yeah, show. in a way. And yeah. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy kind of that free flowing conversation between people. Yes. Um, but I can't say now I know any really talk. I know, I guess I know some of them, like, mm-hmm. I guess the view or the talk or some ones I've heard before. Or Ellen. Those. Yeah. But you know, yeah, Ellen, but you know what one was my favorite that I, I watched a ton that now I don't really watch anymore. Like I said, I'm not watching a ton of TV, but it's Kelly and Ryan. Oh I yeah. I love them. I liked it when it was Regis and Kathy Lee. I liked it when it was Regis and Kelly. I liked it when it was Kelly and Mike and now it's Kelly and Ryan. Mm-hmm. I really like Kelly Ripa. I like her vibe and I kind of like the dynamics that they've created throughout that show yeah. it's really funny kind of sarcastic and so I would say yeah as I, we're kind of talking about it that would be probably one that I would choose to watch now if yeah. I was going to choose to watch anything I actually sat in the audience for that show a few years back oh nice I love that I've never been in the audience of a talk show but I feel like that's probably one I would choose I love how so they'll say something funny or Kelly Ripple will say something funny and then she takes a drink of her coffee you know to kind of like and it just makes me laugh I love her personality and mm-hmm. I'm a huge Ryan Seacrest fan me I think too like such a awesome dude and all the stuff he does sometimes I'm like I don't even know talk about time for self-care or whatever I don't know how he has time to even sleep plane but, rides um, I think it's 
right? Yeah, exactly. When he's knocked out in a plane. Um, but they them together are really fun to watch. So yeah. Cool. It's funny that you mentioned game shows because literally my next question in my notebook is, what do you enjoy watching more, Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy? Oh my gosh. Okay, Jeopardy. And I think probably I would have had a different answer maybe some years ago, but I have a really close friend of mine, her husband, loves Jeopardy. And so I would go to their house um, regularly. And in the evenings after we had been done, uh, she's a friend of mine and we also work mm-hmm. both work in the online space. So we'll work yeah. together. And then at the end of the day, when her husband would come home, we'd eat dinner and then sit down and watch Jeopardy. And to be honest, and I'm not tooting my own horn at all, I don't think I would be a good contestant at all on Jeopardy. But if you're really consistent with watching it, you kind of get better at um, you know, and so if like each mm-hmm. episode I can answer like two of the questions, I'm like so excited. Me too. So Me too. I always get so I'm happy. So yeah, so I'm big. I get a category that's like totally my thing. So, yeah, um, that makes me happy. Um, and I just think, I just think I, I appreciate the minds on Jeopardy a lot more. So I like enjoying it, even if it makes me feel like I know nothing, which mm-hmm. sometimes it does. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's like it's funny when they like pull things out of their butt and they're like taking a guess and it's correct. It always like mm-hmm. I'm always in shock. I'm like, oh, it's like how what i would i look at my parents all the time like what how what and i always love it when there's like stuff that i've learned in school that comes up in uh Mm -hmm. the jeopardy categories because sometimes they could be something i'm learning right now or like something from the past like i remember if they bring up like old classic american literature like i still talk to my uh american literature teacher from high school so like i'll text her and be like oh like this was just on jeopardy yeah no it's cool to to, um, that they have such a variety of different categories, and I think that's why it's so infatuating to me because it's like these people go on and they're like really good at like a wide variety of all mm-hmm. these different categories. And if I could hit, you know, one of them in a game and maybe get a couple answers right, I get super excited. Me but too. Then I'm also just so like in awe of the brains that are on number one on this planet and number two on this show that mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, it reminds me that I, you know, I don't know much and I want to keep learning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you a fan of animated films? Um, yeah, I think so. There's some yeah. of I can think of. I mean, I have a niece that's three, and so she has some faves that we'll watch together, and I can definitely think of some animated films from my childhood, like Disney stuff that I that I watched before, for sure. Oh, yeah. You can never go wrong with Disney. That's like my life motto. <laughs> How do you motivate yourself to be productive when you wake up in the morning and it's really crappy outside? like the weather yeah okay so yeah I think that there is something to be said about it being much more motivating on a sunny day when it looks great and everything's awesome um you know but one thing that I've adopted um you know as kind of like a core value and a root of mine is just like you can't wait for circumstances outside yourself in order to impact how you're going to feel or Mm -hmm. in order for, you know, you to feel some type of way. So for me to be like, Oh, the weather outside is shitty. That's why I do it. It kind of goes outside of what I believe and what my core values Mm -hmm. are. Um, But I do know, I know things that, you know, I always say, I know the things that are the the domino that's going to knock down the other dominoes. Yeah. The day when I wake up, if it's kind of, and I just don't feel that, um, you know, I know that getting in a good shower makes me feel good. I know that on those days, I probably should get my workout in sooner rather than later. Yeah. Because I'll probably be a little bit more meh as the day goes on. And yeah. Not, um, 
and not want to do that. Um, I also, you know, I coach this and I live this is like, I have a why that's bigger than how I feel in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I know why I'm going after the goals that I am. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I just got to check myself, you know, just give myself a little check. Hey, you know what? You're going to let that rain, you know, mess up your mission of what you want to do or what you want to teach today or how you're going to show up. Yeah. Um, but I am a sunshine girl. I'm from California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. That's where I spent a lot of, that's where I went to college and everything. But then, you know, I lived in Austria for seven years where we have very clear four different seasons. And I'll never forget, mm-hmm. like, when it started snowing, I was like, oh, my gosh, how in the world am I even going to be, like, excited about anything? When yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that also helped a lot was just kind of being in it and being like, okay, I can choose to be meh or I can choose to like, you know, make something out of it. Yeah. uh, I mean, and there's science behind it too. You know, we need sun to improve our mood and just to help our energy and different Mm -hmm. things like that. So there's definitely like a, you know, a component there. But I just think that the main thing is like, we can't wait for the weather to be a certain way, a person Mm -hmm. to say something, do something, anything outside of ourselves in order for us to feel a, a type of way I feel like it's giving our power away even if it's giving our power away to the weather you know yeah. we just have to get up. listening to music dancing is helpful I mean coffee hello I love yeah. coffee so I'm like have a nice cup of coffee in the morning if the weather is you know not great mm-hmm. and um but you know too in some of the you know colder days or when it's rainy you know just going outside kind of bundled up and get that breath of fresh air I mean sometimes that feels really good too, yeah reminded like you might not want to stay out there for very long, but, but let's get some vitamin D. Yeah, get a little, get a little fresh air and things like that. But yeah, you know, every every day I'm not motivated. I just am more motivated by yeah, that, you know, that thing to do, my yeah. mission to serve. What is your zodiac sign? Ooh, Scorpio. Ooh. I have it on my necklace, too. Oh, yeah. I, I need something. I always ask people about their zodiac signs, but I don't have anything. I'm a Leo, and I don't have any lie in anything, but... Okay, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I got this, and I just have had it for a while, and, you know, it's funny, because my boyfriend's a Scorpio, and a lot of my really close friends are Scorpios. Ah, so, so it's like you have a I tribe. Like yeah, I feel like, I mean, not either, it's either Scorpios, Geminis, or Virgos. I feel like that's, like, who I surround myself uh-huh. with. I, I, I know more about kind of, like, you know, what I do versus, like, I know more about Scorpio things versus, yeah. you know, how that interacts with everybody else. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> who are some of your role models? Ah, I love that. Um, my best friend, Allie, is one of my biggest role models. I love her. We've been friends since we were two. Ooh. And um, I just love her because I love, and I think any any long relationship, whether it's been from childhood or whatever, I think one of the things that we've gotten really good at is, like, being friends with every version of ourselves. Yeah. You know, like if she chooses that she wants to go a pivot a different path and, and, you know, change or be different here or do this or whatever. I feel like we're both always in each other's corner, supporting the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. So she's probably number one. I love her. Um, my dad is a giant role model in my life. He was a coach um, and just has so much wisdom and has uh, planted so much wisdom in me that like certain things he would tell me as a kid that like I didn't even know what that meant I was like what yeah you're like what the heck and then you get older and you're like oh Mm -hmm. and I just love my dad because uh and he's a role model because um for me because he really is 
just he is who he is. He's yeah. a non-conformer. He doesn't. He's not interested in fitting in. Yet everybody loves him. You know, mm-hmm. he just is who he is, and he shows up. So you know, he shines his light, shares his gifts, is very aware of them, but is also just very humble. Um, so a huge role model. And then uh, from a celebrity standpoint. I love Steve Harvey. Like, I just think that he is. He's hilarious. Oh, I just love I him. love when he talks love about him. his grandkids. Um, like he'll be talking about being a grandpa, and it's the some of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Whether it's Ellen, Jim, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, like he does these interviews where he talks about like being a grandpa and all these things. I laugh so hard. Yes, and I love him. He's super funny. Like I just I, he, I follow him on every social media and his outfits. He's like walking has like all this like vibe and swag, and I and I also love him because. You know, he had a vision of who he wanted to be before anybody else believed in him. And he shares a story about um, one of his teachers. And he told her, like, I want to be on TV. And she's like, you're not going to be on TV or just like something, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now every year for the last 30 years, I'm on TV, you know, seven days a week. And every year for the last 30 years, I send her a flat screen TV on Christmas just to show her that, like, I made it and I can. So I like mm-hmm. his personality. I like his flag i love his drive and i just think he's freaking hilarious like i like i said i don't really watch tv but i'll go on youtube and be like family feuds funniest moment steve harvey and i'll watch all those videos and yeah. crack up laughing i watch so he's just Fine. Yeah, I watched, like, videos of him, like, when he talks about being, like I said, about being a grandpa, when how he took his grandkids' teepee and made it a cigar lounge, and... I love that story, I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> I spent all this money on this teepee, like, however much it costs, you know, so funny, Yeah, so funny. or the one where one of the grandkids had an accident, and he just turned on Peppa Pig and left the room. And then when it, when Marjorie came home and he and she went upstairs to go see the grandkids, he like played dumb. Like he didn't know that, that one of the grandkids had an accident. Oh man. I don't know that story, but I believe it. And I'm laughing because I could hear him telling it. He's just so funny. He has such a way of being, yeah, just human and making it about the people and the story and just everything. Mm-hmm. So I think from a celebrity standpoint, I just looked at him and I'm like, you are the best, Steve Harvey. I just want to spend a day with you. Yeah. What about, did you ever see him? He's on Ellen. I watch a lot of Ellen. Uh, he, mm-hmm. Him and Ellen were talking about his daughter dating Michael B. Jordan, and they they show a picture of her his of Lori sitting on Michael B. Jordan's lap, and he looks at the picture and goes, I wasn't expecting to be seeing that today. Yeah, he really just says, like, what we're all thinking, or, like, from that perspective, what all dads are probably thinking if they saw their girls sitting on someone's lap, you know? Yeah. I love his, I love his non-filter filter, you know, uh-huh. he's very aware of what he's sharing, and it's, I feel like it's a lot more strategic than it looks, but it's also very him and natural, so I love it. You yeah. know, I think he really goes out of his way to make sure he's being his real self, which I love. Yeah. What are some of your favorite stores at the mall? Favorite stores at the mall. Um, okay, I don't know when's the last time I've been to the mall, but I think that when I do go to the mall, the stores I most frequent are like Victoria's Secret or H&M because mm-hmm. those are like fun mall stores. Yeah. And the brand I really like the most clothing-wise is called Free People. It's I love Free People. Yeah, it's just expensive fave. as hell. 
I know. I know. I usually ask for gift cards and things like that for like for Christmas or my birthday or whatever. That's probably one of my favorite brands. So if a store has a free people store or carries the free people brand, I'll probably. Oh, if I'll be Nordstrom or Macy's checking out the the sale rack of the free people stuff. Got it. Yes, I know. And you know what? They do oftentimes have some really great stuff at it that's on sale. I know it is kind of pricey, but um, but yeah, I really like their stuff. And you know, they've been really at least. I've been, I've been, you know, loving this brand for a while. I feel like they've been super consistent for a really long time. Like they've been my fave for a while. So I just feel like I kind of respect them from that standpoint too. It's like mm-hmm. they really know their audience or their people and they continue to create stuff that we just love. Yeah. And pretty good quality too. So even though it is pricey, I feel like it lasts a lot longer than some of the stuff I get at the, you know, some of the yeah. stores, which I try to stay away from, but sometimes they have For stuff. sure. It's very easy to blow your paycheck there, but yeah, it's good quality stuff. <laughs> And what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you? Um, so before I was in fitness uh, or thought I wanted to be fitness, I wanted to be a forensic psychiatrist. I wanted Ooh. to interview serial killers and write books about them. I wanted to study the criminal mind and write books about what I learned. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of opposite but not I mean then fitness psychology definitely plays a role in both mm-hmm. like two very different ends of the spectrum yeah um, so that's actually what I went to school for is I went to school for psychology with an emphasis on you know the criminal mind and was really taking classes and courses there in that direction and then mm-hmm. just decided oh I kind of like regular people and helping them get fit yeah <laughs> so that's maybe something that not uh, everybody knows about me cool Once again, I've been speaking with London Sousa, social media influencer, podcaster, and life coach. I will see you all on my next episode where I'm chatting with Millie Diaz from Wicked on Broadway and the National Tour.